Jaram Peterson's talks often traverse through the realms of philosophy, psychology and personal anecdotes, offering profound insights into the human experience. In this particular talk, he delves into the intricacies of human relationships, trust, betrayal and the devastating effects of deceit on one's psychological state. It's a story of how betrayal can dismantle one's world and the tumultuous journey of regaining one's footing and perspective. Now let's break this down and embark on a story of trust, heartbreak and resilience. Maybe in one of your relatively uninformed flurries, you ended up establishing a relationship with someone who was really not good for you. And that might mean, well, they just, it was just a bad personality match. Or it might mean they really weren't good for you because, you know, you can get pretty unlucky and you can get tangled up with someone who's very deceitful and very malevolent and who could care less about you or maybe who even wants to hurt you. And then you can establish a trusting relationship with them or at least you trust them. And then one day, you know, you find out that they are not who they said they were or even more importantly, they are not who you thought they were. And so then maybe you're in a committed relationship and they betray you with someone else. And so then you think, well, there you are at home and you're, you know, you're perfectly happy about being at home and then your partner comes home and for one reason or another you find out that they're having an affair or that they've betrayed you or that they've lied to you in some other spectacularly important way. And maybe it's a lover, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a sibling, and maybe it's a friend, whatever. It doesn't matter. And so here's the way of thinking about it. The minute before they come home, you're in one place. And you remember, a place isn't just a place, right? A place is a place in time. Because we live in space-time, we live in time and place. And what that means is you can be in the same place in one minute and a completely different place in the next minute, even if you haven't even moved. And so place is a very, very complicated idea. So you're sitting at home and you're watching old Oprah and you're perfectly content to do that. And then the person comes home and the bottom of your world falls out. And then all of a sudden you're not where you thought you were. And it's a really weird place that you are now because it's not where you were. That's for sure. Peterson's expands on the impact of betrayal. The shift from being in a seemingly safe place to realizing that the entire foundation has crumbled is depicted as moving through different places. The profound point is that these places are emotional and psychological rather than physical. The real horror isn't just in the betrayal itself but the realization that the memories, trust and future you've constructed with this person might have been based on falsehoods. But you also don't know where it is because you don't know who that person is that's in that room with you. You don't know what your past with them was or what it meant or anything else about it because it was predicated on absolute misperceptions. So none of your memories about those events are valid, even though you have them as memories. And then you have a worse problem, which is if you're betrayed badly enough, not only are you not going to understand your immediate past with that person, oh, and by the way, your future's also gone, so that's a big problem, as is your present has become radically more complex. But it's worse than that, because if you're really betrayed, you're also going to think, who am I that I could be that stupid? And then you're going to think, what is a human being that they can be that corrupt? And so not only have, has the, have the fundamentals been kicked out of the substructure of your perceptions, but your notion of what it means to be you and what it means to be human might have been seriously disrupted. And you know, the thing about that is that's a non-trivial event. People call that traumatic. It, it like, and, it, and it, it's like a physical wound. In, in fact, it has, it, it certainly, if the trauma is great enough, it can produce a psychophysiological wound because that sort of trauma, a deep betrayal is a good example, will damage your brain. 
And maybe you'll recover from it, and maybe you won't. And one of the ways that that's being represented forever in mythological stories is by being swallowed up by a subterranean beast. It's something that comes up from the depths and pulls you down, and then you're in it. Now, why is that? Well, that's an extraordinarily complicated question, but here, here's the answer as nearly as I can tell. We evolved a very complicated neuropsychological system to signal alarm. So that's anxiety, threat, threat sensitivity, right? And that makes us freeze, for example. And when you look at how an animal uses that system, let's say a mammal, just to keep it simple, because we're all mammals, and so we can kind of understand mammals. So if a rabbit sees a wolf, for example, it's going to freeze so that the wolf can't see it. And if a, if a rat smells a cat, even if it has never smelled a cat in its whole life, it's going to also freeze. And now you could use words instrumentally. Let's start with that. If, imagine that you want something from someone. And then you might think, well, how can I phrase my argument so that I'm going to get that from this person? And then you might think, well, what sort of argument would appeal to that person? And what buttons can I push? And how can I get what I want? And then you're using words in an instrumental way. You're using them as tools to obtain what you desire from other people. Now, I think if you do that completely, you're a psychopath. Peterson connects our psychological reactions to evolutionary instincts. He compares our reactions to betrayal with those of animals who perceived a threat. It's an insight into how deeply rooted our responses to threats are, whether they are physical dangers or emotional betrayals. The talk then shifts to the dynamics of manipulation and deceit. Language, which is primarily a tool for communication, can be weaponized to manipulate others. Peterson cautions against using language solely for personal gain and calls out such behavior as psychopathic. I, I, I mean that because a psychopath has no room for you at all. It's about him or her, and you're there to be used as an instrumental target. Now, I'm not saying that every time someone uses language instrumentally, they're acting like a psychopath, but don't make the kind of mistakes that get you into such a stupid relationship to begin with, okay? Because that's the answer to that question. And the way you do that is by trying not to delude yourself any more than is absolutely necessary. And that means... When you're in the damn relationship, tell the person the truth and try to figure out what the truth is for you. And don't put up with any nonsense and stand up for yourself. And also aim towards the good. You know, if you do all those things, then your relationship is probably going to work. If you're trying to do all those things, really, and you have a partner that will not do that, then leave. But it's a rare person who won't do that if they're stepped along the way properly and they learn how to do it. Now, not everyone's like that because you do run into some people who are basically devoted towards mayhem and trouble, you know. But usually, you know, a person is a balance of striving for the good and, you know, messing about in the hell. And, you know, you're both like that when you start a relationship and you try to tilt it towards the good. And then you won't run into that problem. So, but you have to do that right from the beginning of the relationship. You know, it doesn't take that much to corrupt a relationship so that it's not really salvageable. Enough mistakes, three or four acts of infidelity, you're done. You don't get to come back from that because the fundamental element of trust is being removed. And then you can't communicate with the person because you don't know if they're telling you the truth. And then you don't know if you're dealing with reality. And if you're not dealing with reality with your partner, it's like, good luck fixing that. 
It's like you're working on a ghost car while the real one is sitting in the shop with the motor on. It's not going to get you. Peterson provides counsel on relationships. He advocates for honesty, self-awareness and striving for good in relationships. His advice touches upon the importance of trust and the detrimental effects of its loss. The ghost car analogy serves as a potent reminder that without a foundation of trust, efforts to mend a relationship are futile. So a lot of the issue is don't get in the trouble to begin with. If you are in the trouble, well, then you try to straighten yourself out and see if you can fix it. Well, if you can't, your options aren't great. And it depends on the particularities of the situation. I know I have people that I counsel if I believe that person. And the rule is, they're lying to you, they aren't aiming up, and you won't be able to tolerate being with them for 10 years. So that's a bad outcome. There's nothing you can do to avoid it, so you might as well leave. It's no fun. It's no good to leave someone who's struggling in a in the lurch. You know, when you think, well, I'm with this person, they're not going anywhere, and they're resentful. It's like, but I'm all they've got. Well, they bloody well better want to to fix that because you're not going to fix it. All that'll happen is you'll end up in the same place. Now, if they really want to fix it more than anything, and they're willing to tell the truth about it, and willing to interact with you, then there's a ghost of a chance you might pull through it. But it's very hard to fix someone, and it's really hard to fix someone who does not want to be fixed. And finally, the conclusion. Jordan Peterson's talk navigates a fragile tapestry of human relationships, highlighting the devastating impacts of betrayal. His insights are both a cautionary tale and a guide urging individuals to practice honesty, self-awareness, and aim for good in relationships. The complexities of human emotions, reactions, and the dire consequences of deceit are intertwined in a narrative that emphasizes the sacredness of trust. It's a reminder that while human connections are our greatest strengths, they can also be our most most profound vulnerabilities. It's essential to tread with care, awareness, and integrity in the realm of relationships. For they hold the power to uplift our spirits or break our very essence. Remember, as you journey through life's maze of relationships, to be genuine in your intentions, honest in your words, and kind in your actions.